And so I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles very quickly to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You may already know these things, and I hope you do. You may not. If you don't, you will after you leave. And maybe you just need to be reminded of these things that I share with you this morning from the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to begin in verse 1 in just a moment. Before we do, let's, let's pray once again and ask the Lord to bless the reading and preaching of His Word this morning. Father, we thank You this morning. We praise Your name. And Father, we do ask You this morning to, to bless and anoint the, the reading and our understanding of Your Word and, and bless the preaching. May it, may it be true to the Scripture this morning. And Father, we thank You for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, the Apostle Paul, of course, writes this second letter to a young pastor named Timothy, and Timothy was his protege. Uh, and Timothy considered Paul his father in the faith, and there was a lot of mentoring going on and, and uh, uh, instruction and all these things. And Paul's about to come to the end of his life, and if you read, if you read further in that chapter, you would see that. But we're going to see Paul's words to Timothy before we get to Paul speaking about his death. So these are the kind of the, the last words that he's going to speak or convey to this young preacher boy named Timothy. I've always held these very special uh, as I pastored all those years and still do today even though I'm not pastoring a church. And I want to begin reading verse 1 of chapter 4 and, and Paul writes to Timothy, I, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Now, that's a sobering charge, isn't it? A charge means I, I leave these instructions, I encourage you, I command you uh, to do these things. And, and the reason is, he says, because we're all accountable before God. And he's speaking specifically in this context to a young pastor named Timothy. And pastors are held accountable for a lot of different things. Uh, they're held accountable for their own, their own soul, but they're also held accountable for the souls of their congregation, their sheep as well, and, and how they fulfill ministry uh, as in the role of pastor. First of all, he says this in verse 2. There, there are several things that you need to know about your pastor today. First of all, Timothy says, preach the word. That's the first thing he says. I want you to notice, and you can think of a lot of things he didn't list first, but he says that first and foremost, Timothy, you're accountable and therefore be true to your calling and preach the word. Uh, of all the things pastors do and all the things pastors are involved in, the number one charge is to stand before you and deliver the Word of God, truthfully, without, without shame, without embarrassment, without hesitation, and he says, so preach the Word. Your, your pastor is called by God to preach the Word of God, to convey his message. And he says something about, about what's involved in preaching the Word of God. It's not just standing up for, 
30 minutes or whatever on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or a Wednesday night Bible study and preaching a sermon. There's more involved in, in preaching the word. And you need to know this about your pastor. It says in verse 2, be ready. Be ready for what? Be ready to preach the word. When? In season and out of season. You say, wait a minute, I didn't know there was a, a preaching season like football season or, or basketball season. What that means is when it's popular and when it's not. When it's trendy and when it's not. Whatever the circumstance, when, when, when it's accepted and when it's rejected, you still preach the word. When it's easy to preach, when it's difficult to preach, when the message is hard, when the message is, is easy and encouraging, be ready to preach the Word of God anytime, any place, at any moment. Your pastor has to be ready to preach the Word of God when it's popular, when it's not, when it's received, when it's rejected, when he's praised, and when he's criticized. He's called to preach the Word of God. There's something involved in preaching the Word of God as well in verse 2. It says, he says, convince. Rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Those are the elements that are involved in preaching. It, it, it involves convincing people of what? Not to buy an automobile, uh, not, not where to put your money in the bank, but it, it's to convince people of their need for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to convince believers of their need to be disciples of Christ, to, to know the Word of God and to live out the Word of God and, and to have a testimony that is valued and true out there in the public to know and, and, and to learn and to grow in their faith. Convince people. Not only that, preaching involves rebuking. There's times when preaching is hard to hear when it's difficult, when it's uncomfortable. There, is, there are times that people are offended by the Word of God being preached. And, and that, that's the times when, when rebuke is called. Rebuking is simply saying, hey, you're wrong. If you're involved in this, you're doing this, the Word of God says it's wrong. People call that negative preaching. I call it biblical preaching. There are times rebuke is absolutely appropriate and necessary. That's what the Bible says. That's what your Bible says, isn't it? Preaching involves being ready, convincing, and even rebuking. But then it says in verse 2, exhort. Exhort and exhortation means to encourage. Not only is there rebuking, there's there's times we need encouragement, don't you think? I mean, listen, you've been out in the world all week and things have happened. You get to church and sometimes uh, it's just encouraging to hear the promises of God being preached from the pulpit, from your pastor. You need to know that about your pastor. He's charged, his calling, first and foremost, is to preach the word, to be ready in season, out of season, to convince, to rebuke, exhort. And then it says, with all long-suffering. All long-suffering. Your pastor understands that word. I understand that word. And, and maybe you don't. Maybe you think that it's just easy to get up here and preach. It, it, takes, it takes endurance. It, it takes 
long-suffering, because i, I got to tell you something, not everybody every Sunday likes every preacher's preaching. And, and sometimes the pastor's criticized. Sometimes it's not, but, but that's all part of it. And he says, preaching also involves, in verse 2, teaching. To be able to teach the truths of God in a way that it is not just received, but in a way that it's understood. So preaching involves all those things, but it's the, the first task, it's the first calling laid on your pastor's life is to preach the Word of God. Now, let me tell you something about preaching. To be able to preach the Word of God, you've got to first of all be a student of the Word of God. And to spend time in the Word of God. God can't speak to you until He speaks to your pastor first. And he can't speak to your pastor. We just got a great example of that, didn't we, in the children's service. He can't speak to your pastor unless your pastor is a student of the Word of God, to, to spend time in the Word of God. And in fact, if you go back up to, to chapter 3, 2 Timothy, look at verse 16. It says this, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, that means teaching, for reproof, there it is again, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what you need to know about your pastor. That's what is involved in getting up here and preaching every single week. It is a process of being in the Word of God, being a student of the Word of God, hearing from God Himself, understanding the value and the veracity of, 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 of Scripture that he may stand before you, a man of God, complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There are a lot of other things you need to know about your pastor, and you probably know these things. Aside from his first calling to stand before you and preach the Word of God, he does a lot of other things, doesn't he? Uh, he meets with committees. He meets with deacons that give him, you know what? I'm just kidding. He does weddings. He does funerals. He, he grieves with families that are in grief. When your heart breaks, his heart breaks. He does all these other things involved in a lot of other things, and yet he still stands before you and preaches every single week except for today. Preach the Word. And then it says in verse 3, it gives the reason why the first calling on a pastor's life is to preach the Word. Why it's the most important. It says in verse 3, for the time will come. Now, now, Timothy may still have been in the honeymoon stage of his new church. So Paul says, there'll be a time when the honeymoon's over. <laughs> and we all know what that is like, don't we, Russell? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, they're not going to like your preaching. Because you're not telling them what they want to hear. It says this, they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap for the, up for themselves teachers and will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
listen. And, and Timothy may have experienced that time that, that Paul foretold about when they didn't like his preaching any longer. When he wasn't telling them what they wanted to hear. When he didn't tickle their ears with, with fairy tales and myths and stories that made them feel good all the time. But that time has come. We're in it. I don't know if you know that or not. People in churches everywhere and people want to have their ears tickled by the preacher. They want to hear that if they accept Christ and, and, and if they give their money enough, that they'll be healthy and wealthy and wise the rest of their life. That's called prosperity peddling, prosperity preaching. It is immensely popular today. That's what people want to hear. But that's not the truth. I've been in ministry for 40 years, and I've preached and done all these things, and, and I'm still not rich. And I'm not really very healthy as I get older. And I'm, my wife says, I'm sure not any wiser. So, but that's a fable. That's a fairy tale. That's a myth. And there's a lot of other things that people want to hear. And when they don't hear that, when they hear the truth, when it involves rebuking and correction, they don't want to hear that. So the Lord says through Paul to Timothy, the first element of your calling is to preach the word. Here's what it involves, and here's the reason why. That's what you need to know about your pastor. There are a lot of other things, and they're important, but his first calling is to preach the word. And then he says in verse 5, now look at this. Not only are you called to preach the word, but Timothy, he says, you be watchful in all things. Be watchful in all things. The preacher's got to be careful. Cautious about his own life, his own walk with Christ. He has got to, he has got to live out what he preaches before you. Did you know that? That's what you need to know about your pastor. He is careful. He is watchful. He doesn't do unwise things. He's not involved in unbiblical, unwise activities in his life. He has to be careful, watchful. Why does a pastor have to be watchful? Because everybody's watching him. It's not easy to be a pastor. It's not easy to be a pastor's wife. In fact, we ought to have a, another day to appreciate the pastor's wife, right? We just have to be careful. And then he says this, endure afflictions. Well, that's not what I learned. I learned that, man, if you preach the word of God faithfully, everybody's going to love you. Everybody's going to be great. You're going to pastor the biggest church in, in the world and all those things. You'll be the next Billy Graham. But Paul tells this young preacher, he says, you're going to have to endure afflictions. Paul knew about afflictions, didn't he? I mean, he was persecuted for his faith. He was persecuted, thrown in prison because he preached the word of God in season, out of season, anytime, anywhere, and he preached the whole counsel of God. Endure afflictions. There are afflictions that go with the pastorate. Difficult times. When you, when, you, when you have difficulty, 
your pastor has difficulty with you. He has difficulties you may not know about. And you may never know about those, but every pastor endures affliction. Sometimes it's the affliction of criticism. <laughs> That's just part of it. You need to know about that, your, that about your pastor. Then he says, not only preach the word and be watchful in all things and endure afflictions and all these things, he says, do the work of an evangelist. <laughs> I mean, it's not enough just to preach. You've got to do the work of an evangelist. I had a guy in my office a couple of weeks ago. He's a new guy to the county, and so he came in, and he's tried to meet me several times, and he's retired. He's a retired pastor, and so he's told me all about himself, and the first thing he told me was, man, in 40 years of, of ministry, I've pastored 16 churches, and uh, I wouldn't put that on a resume, but, but he was proud of it, and uh, so I said, well, man, I haven't done nearly as much as you've done. I, in 40 years, I've only pastored two churches, and he looked at me, and he said, seriously, well, then you don't have the gift of evangelism. Because if you had the gift of evangelism, you're not called to stay in a church very long. You're just called in there to get everybody saved, and then you go on to the next church. And I didn't even, I didn't even argue. But then the Lord reminded me of this verse. I may not have the gift of evangelism, and a lot, and, and a lot of pastors don't. But they're called a pastor. Even if they don't have the gift of evangelism, look at what the pastor has to do. He has to do the work of an evangelist. And if you don't have the gift, it's a lot of work to be an evangelist, to do the work of an evangelist. So your pastor has to preach the Word of God, be a student of the Word of God. He's got to be watchful about his life. He's got to endure afflictions, and he's got to do the work of an evangelist. And, and that also involves leading the church to be evangelistic. That's not easy, especially in today's time. You need to know that about your pastor. There are offices in the church, one of his pastor. There is the office of evangelism. There's office of teachers. Your pastor has to do all those things besides preach the word. It's part of his calling. The Apostle Paul writes in Acts chapter 6. Well, not the Apostle Paul, Luke. Describes in Acts chapter 6, the first church. And you can turn your Bibles there if you'd like to. And I just want to bounce back to the preaching of the Word of God and being a part of your pastor's, uh, the main part of your pastor's calling. In that first church, after Christ ascended into heaven, th there arose uh, a problem in, in that first church. Uh, there were some unhappy people. Uh, that tells me they weren't Baptist because they, they weren't happy. We're always happy, right? Huh? In church, right? So, and the problem was this. There were certain widows in, in the church, and they fed them daily part of the ministry of that church, and some of them felt their widows were being neglected. And the reason they're being neglected is because the 12 disciples or apostles really didn't have time to do all that, but they were trying to. And so the Lord told the, the disciples in verse 3, well, in verse 2, it says, Then the twelve, that being the apostles, some of the multitude of the disciples, that means believers, and said it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God, now look at this, and serve tables. 
Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And so the first deacons were selected and chosen and commissioned to relieve the pastor or pastors from having to do this work of serving tables. Why? So they could devote themselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. There are a lot of things that take your pastor away from that element of his calling. And deacons were, were selected and chosen to relieve him, to help him, to aid him, to give him more time to be in prayer and the ministry of the Word. In fact, verse 4 says, But we, the apostles, once these men are appointed over this business, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And then if you go to Acts chapter 20, Paul talks about something else. As he called the elders of the Ephesus church together, he was going to be leaving. He had been there for some time. And he was going to be leaving. He called the elders together and gave them exhortation and final instructions and a, and a farewell. He said, you'll never see me again. He knew he wouldn't be back. So in verse 20, he says in their presence, he said, remember how I kept nothing how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. You need to know that about your pastor. That's what he does. That's what he's involved in. He also goes on to say, and remember how I never shunned to deliver to you the whole counsel of God. So your pastor, you need to know this, he's called to preach the word. He's called to be watchful in all things. He's called to endure afflictions. He's called to do the work of an evangelist, even though he may not be gifted. He may be. But even if he's not gifted in evangelism, he's called to do the work of the evangelist. Now watch this in verse 5. And then he says this, Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. That, that, that means not, not just fill a space. Or fill in like I do. I'm a fill in. That means to be, have a fulfilled ministry. A full ministry. That's what you need to know about your pastor. Fulfill your ministry. Don't quit before you're finished. Uh, there's a book that, that's been out. I've told you about it before. Jimmy Draper wrote it called Don't Quit Before You're Finished. And that's what this is about. Finish the race. Fulfill your ministry. Finish well. He's called to finish well. To be a ministry, have a ministry that is full and, and he fulfills that by being faithful, preaching the word, enduring afflictions. All the other things that's involved in being a pastor. About six years ago, maybe a little longer than that, your pastor called me. He had retired from a church. And he said, after six months, I'm bored. Not, not with Deanne. Not, don't, he, just, he, was just, he said, I need something to do, and I, I'm, I just have to preach. That's what he told me. Why did he have to preach? Because that's what he's called to do. 
And so he retired, and so he said, I, I just want, just send me someplace to preach. I just, I just need to preach. And, and so there's this church called Hebron Baptist Church. Their pastor, Houston Garner, over 50-something years, had retired. And one Sunday, they needed someone to fill in. I wasn't available. And so I sent them this guy named Russell Clemens just to fill in. Sometime later, I didn't know what happened, and he, I think he preached. He kept preaching because they still needed to fill in. And so somebody from that, the deacons or whatever, the search team called me, and they said, hey, do you think this guy, Russell Clemens, would be interested in pastoring Hebrew? And I said, I doubt it. He's already retired. <laughs> and I said, but, you know, ask him, don't ask me. And, and here nearly six years later, he's, he never left. He's still, why? Why? Because that's his calling. He had retired, but all of a sudden he knew he hadn't finished. You need to know that about your pastor. He's fulfilling the ministry the Lord's placed upon his life. He's preaching the word of God. In season, out of season, when it's popular, when it's not. You know what else is popular in preaching? It's okay to preach on heaven, don't preach on hell. Because that, that's, the, that's the prevalent thinking in our culture today. If there is an afterlife, heaven's okay. If there is an afterlife, there, there's, there's surely not a hell. We know that's not the truth, don't we? Because if you leave this life without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life as your Savior, that place called hell is real. It's as real as heaven is. Your pastor preaches that truth. And other truths that may not be popular, may not be comfortable. There may be times the Word of God offends you. Your problem is not with Him, it's with the Lord. Take it up with Him. His job is to preach. His job is to minister to you, shepherd you, watch out for you, love you, grieve with you, laugh with you, live life with you. And He's called to be watchful. He's called to endure the afflictions that go with being a pastor. He's called to do the work of an evangelist. He's called to fulfill his ministry. And guess what? You're right here with him and you're called to do the same thing. Not to pastor a church, not to preach maybe. But you're called to finish the race. Keep the faith. He writes that later on in this in this chapter. Keep the race, keep the faith. Finish the course, finish the race. All those things. So I appreciate your pastor. You know why? Because from what I've observed as long as I've known this man, he does these things. He is faithful to what the Lord has called him to do. And you ought to appreciate him as well. I know you do. I really do. Pray for him. Pray for Deanne and, and, and encourage him. And, and love them as you love your own family. And if you're here and you've never received Christ as your, as your Savior, your pastor is going to be at the front. And he'll pray with you and, 
and, and lead you to know Christ. Maybe you have a prayer request that, that you couldn't voice, but you need to pray with your pastor this morning. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe, maybe you know things aren't right. Your pastor is going to be here at the front to receive you. So I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask Bill to come and lead us in, in a hymn of invitation. I think it's 176. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. And as we pray, before, when we pray, I want you to stand. Your pastor is going to be here at the front to receive you. Father, we are grateful this morning for, for your word. And Father, thank you for the calling that you place on men's lives. To surrender all and, and to preach the word of God, to pastor the flock, to, to shepherd the sheep and all those things. To be careful in their own life, to do the work of an evangelist, to fulfill the ministry, to endure afflictions and all to go with it. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's anyone in this building that things aren't right between you and them, that you'll convict them and you'll convince them this morning to make things right by coming to Christ. Father, we, we love you. We, we, we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.